Okay, welcome to episode 46 of the Never Iron Anything Comics podcast. Each week I invite a guest on to the podcast and we choose a subject to pick apart. This week it's the Lord of the Dances back. Yes, it's that penned geezer himself, Alan Henderson. How are you doing now? Not so bad, not so bad at all. Good. How are you finding it? Like I wish I had the, the deep radio voice so I could actually do the introduction properly for this, uh, for this particular oh, podcast. Yeah. Do you know what? I was so <laughs> tempted. I was listening to some of the uh, the radio shows. We're spoiling it a little bit, but I was listening to some of the radio shows in, in the car on my commute this week. And uh, it's not all perfect, but there's some cracking bits. Yeah, I've got to be honest with oh, you. Yeah. Yeah, good. And, and, and have you bought any blue coal since listening? To it? <laughs> no, I, I was listening. Literally, it's about half an hour ago. I was listening to a blue coal advert. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, good. So we've almost given it away. Um, what have you chosen to talk about this week, mate? Well, long before I was known as that penguin guy, um, I used to be on the other side of the convention table scene, so I, and I was generally known as that shadow guy. So yeah. tonight we're going to um, focus on The Shadow Number 1 from 1973, written by Denny O'Neill, with art by Michael Kaluta. How cool is that? So good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm not as big a fan of the Shadow as you, but I do certainly buy whatever I can find around his stuff. And we'll talk a bit about that because it's somewhat erratic, isn't it, in a yes, sort of very. publishing way. Um, and also, every third word in this podcast will lead into a secret message. So I'll get that in there <laughs> for everyone who's ready. So, like you, you alluded to there, Al, you're a, you're a huge fan of the Shadow. What's, um, yeah. How did that all begin? Because if you don't mind me saying so, the Shadow is about ninety years old. And you are certainly we are near. You're not. You're not ninety, are you? Do you know what I mean? How no. did it start? With the two of us together, we we're almost ninety. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So how did it start? So I, I, I got back into comics in a big way, um, sort of nineteen eighty nine, um, just before Bat Fever took off. Okay. Um, with, yeah. with Michael Keaton, etc. Um, and around that point in time, um, the Shadow Strikes series was launched by DC. Right. Um, which was generally written by Gerard Jones and initially the, the vast majority of the Archduties were by the late Eduardo Barreto. Lovely stuff, man. Um, yeah, I remember that. I've got that myself. Great series. Beautiful yeah. series. Um, and, and all sorts of other people get, get involved in that. So anyway, that, that was a real big jumping on point. You know, it was it was number one on the, on, the, on the shelves when I was getting back into comics. So obviously I picked it up and got into it. And it, it really struck, struck home with me as a, you know, a, a character and a... A collection of characters actually right that, that really you know i thought this is really interesting from that it was easy to go around and say well what, what has there been been prior to it where did it all begin where did you know what what are you know what are the comics that are out there that that, that feature the shadow as you say there there aren't many of them or certainly there weren't when, yeah you know, up until dynamite in. took over there weren't many were there yeah I think it's, yeah yeah um so there's you, know, you it was very easy to say well, i'll go and sweep up what i can on this and um Clearly, when you get into it and you start reading the 1970 series, you realise that this is probably, even though it, was almost, it wasn't the first Shadow Comics, because yeah, it was Shadow Golden Comics from the 1940s, yeah. um, but th- this is probably a proper high watermark with regard to it. Um, it's, you know, the, the whole 12-issue run, which, yeah. for which Collider is about half of them, um, there, there's absolutely nothing wrong with any of the 12 issues. We could have picked any of the 12 issues and talked yeah. about it in, in, in depth. Um, you know, but why wouldn't you start at number one? So, I mean, Clue is great on it, but there's some Frank Robbins as well, which is, to me, equally as good. I really like Robbins as well. Yeah, yeah. so it's it, it, it's a real, you know, 
collective mix. You've got Kaluta here, who is the very precise fantasy artist, very focused on the art deco, very focused tight, you know, yeah. tight lines. You move to Robbins, who takes over for for a period as well, who's very dynamic, very a little bit more cartoonish in yeah, the style. Yeah, a little that, bit, that maybe a little bit looser, not as much detail, but more but, on that cartoony. You know, it, yeah, yeah. It still carries very much that, um, that mystic hidden feel of it. Um, perhaps not as um, as beautiful, particularly when, yeah, when you're looking you. at some of the support characters. Yeah. And then he moves on to E.R. Cruz, yeah. um, who's a, a proper forgotten journeyman. He really of, is, man, isn't period. he? I'd completely forgotten about him until I, I read him again here, and I thought, oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who, who's kind of a balance between the two, and he's probably actually much more of your classical comic book artist, as in, you know, he could have covered any, you know, any yeah. character over that period of time. And, and you can see him on a Daredevil or something like that, couldn't you? Absolutely yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, but it does mean he's not somebody, somebody who, who stands out, perhaps. But at the same time, you know, everyone, you know, it, it, he's great. Um, and he, he covers um, three of the final issues. Yeah. Danny O'Neill writes 11 of the 12 issues in, in this run as well. Oh, the, did he not write one of them? I missed that, actually, when I was reading yeah, through. Yeah, no, I think it's either 10 or 11. Is, 11 is, is the one with the Avenger in, isn't it? So I wanted... Yeah, so I think that's Michael Olsen. Oh, okay, right. Who ultimately becomes the producer of all the Batman movies. Oh, right, okay, cool. Right. Yeah, so yeah. It, this, this, again, ties into that whole nice history piece of saying, look, yeah. Shadow predates Batman, and, you know, no Shadow, no Batman, yep. no, Doc, no Doc Savage, um, no Superman. Yeah, There's it, a kind of I know, relationship it, there. This is, this is so me, man. This I love this stuff. This is, um, if you read um, any history of comics, it's got to start with the Pulps. That's the only way it starts. It can't just start with um, Action Comics number one. I think people forget that. Um, and I'm a huge Doc Savage fan. I'm I'm probably on the side of Doc Savage in the way that you're on the side of the Shadow. So I've read mm-hmm. I don't know thirty of the novels, and you know I've collected the comic series as it as which is almost more erratic than the the Shadow comics to a certain extent over the years. Yeah, yeah no, definitely, I definitely and the, and and there's there's so many pulps out there. I'm sure we'll mention a few more as we go along. But let's let's just give a little bit of a history, and I'm I'm going to ask you to to fill in a couple of details here in regards to the secret identity of the Shadow because. I'm, I'm kind of they kind of pretend there's a theory to it i'm not <laughs> sure but let's let's try it so <laughs> detective story magazine which was part which was a recognized and long-standing pulp magazine um approached a radio station to adapt their stories and as um was one what it was sort of in the fashion at the time the radio show decided to tell me if i'm right around this if as we go along the, the radio show decided to adopt a sort of introducer like a, yep. um, uh, a host to the radio show and that yeah. was the shadow. So originally, so, yeah. first radio show, July thirty first, nineteen thirty. Is that right? Uh, that was his I'll origin for the, for, the, for the dates. But yes, yeah. in terms of, and, and that was very much just a here. You know, you needed somebody who was the um, the crypt keeper, if you will. Yes. Um, yeah, the Thark, uh, I suppose. Yeah. 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 And literally going here's here's some crime noir stories, you know, and that was where the classic lines. That, that sit in everybody's knowledge of the show began because yeah. he would start with the whole you know who knows what evil heart the lurks within the hearts of men yeah. and it would end with the you know the weeds of crime bear bitter fruit yeah. that that goes all the way back to, to that 1931 piece where he was right. just the, okay. the the one who was the introduce you know introducing the the other stories which is around. still that catchphrase that people recognize from the 1994 movie, etc., etc. I, I yeah. think it's beyond that. So I think right. because it's it's featured in Mad Magazine, it's featured oh, of in yeah. you know literally 
anybody with any sort of background in, um, in you know, it, it sort of the geek culture or whatever if you turn yeah. and say who knows what evil works within the hearts of men they know where that's going yes or there's so many plays on it that that's um yeah it's, you know it, it's properly ingrained in culture yeah so what happened from then on he became very popular as being this um this host this radio host and you can still you can still get a lot of the radio plays that are still out there and he decided they decided that they wanted some pulp versions of his of this character so for those who don't know the pulps they were cheaply made they're called pulps because they were made on sort of crap paper that was later pulped and there were basically novels there was a lot of characters who started in the pulps i mean conan tarzan um like we said doc savage the spider was it agent 13 i always forget the name of it um secret agent x that's right um yeah. and also for the other one that i always quote that i think is interesting is Kazar. so the marvel yeah. character Kazar, his first ever appearance was as a pulp character um, and there's different generations of pulp, pulp, and it's a whole different thing for some people collecting it because you've got the 30s and 40s pulp, and then we had a little period of like 70s pulp, which we'll talk about in a bit with the New English Library and stuff like that as well, which he makes an appearance back in again. But yeah, so from that, it was given to um, a writer. Is, I, I would say Comment. pulps are still live as well because I, I always okay. go back to this that Mills and Boone yeah, are said. Yeah. Are essentially pulp, they are, right? Yeah. And and we, we we've talked a lot here about the you know the, the shadow of the spider, all of which were the um and and Doctor, you know the, the superhero side of it or the you know the, the crime noir side of it. Yeah. But the pulps covered everything, yeah, from space adventures through to love and romance to horror, you know, whatever, yeah. And um, as I say, to to, to me, the, the current incumbents are probably um, Mills and Boone, and also I think Commando as a comic yeah is a you. pulp yeah you know because it's that it's it's the fact that it's the continuous production of lots of little things um yeah main and, and i don't mean it's disparaging to to, to the yeah, commando yeah. lot but you know main as a as a real disposable item yeah let's not say well. churned out but we do there's certainly a made in a factory feel to them sometimes yeah yeah you know, yeah as i'm all due respect to them they sell well so you know oh, yeah and some of them yeah. are very good yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that you know it, it, it's still valid today. Yeah, Sorry, no, I agree, man. No, no, you're not at all. No, this is what this is what we've got on the old education. So um, it was given to a writer who is possibly the most interesting writer in the world, um, called a guy called William B. Gibson, who wrote um, Walter. Sorry, Walter B. Gibson. Yeah. Sorry, pardon yeah. me. And um, he wrote. Yeah, he wrote. Uh, I can't read my hand. Handwriting. That's terrible. But yeah, so he used the. Um, but he used the name Maxwell Grant, which is the book, the, the name you'll find on the books. He didn't use it entirely by himself. Other people adopted it. He, he wrote. Uh, Gibson wrote 282, and the rest were written by other people. So, so there's quite. I mean, if you read the books of Don Pendleton or someone like that, you know, the execution novels, it's the same. It's done the same. I suggest yeah. probably Mills and Boone do the same. Um, now, Gibson was hugely interesting, wasn't he? He was, a, he was quite the character. The rumour was he wrote a million words. Did he write 10,000 words a day, I think, was the... Well, the if you're going to produce... Um, I mean, it's, the pulps are not short novels either. Yeah. I mean, as I say, yeah. it, you know, and if you're going to produce one of them a month to... Yeah. You know, and produce two hundred and uh, as you say, sixty odd of them because I think there's three hundred and twenty six full length short right. stories. Okay. Um, you're going to have to produce a lot of <laughs> a lot of, a lot of um, words a day. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's it's going to be that sort of thing. And he didn't, you know, he did other books as well, and because he was also. Yeah. You know, yeah. Now this is why this is uh, when in the research I didn't realise this when I was researching him. He he wrote numerous other books. Uh, he was also a magician. 
Um, yep. He wrote books on um, true crime, magic, psychics, yoga, um, and he was a ghostwriter for Harry Houdini. Yep. Bloody hell. <laughs> He's almost more interesting than the shadow sometimes, you know. Um, yeah. No. Well, maybe the dynamite comments. The um, he wrote a Batman Pro story for um, which was illustrated by Tom Yates. I'm a big fan of Tom Yates actually. Um, Man of Magic and Mystery by Randolph Cox is a biography of Gibson, um, and the byline on it was a million words a year for ten years. How good is that? It's not yeah. Bad. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, you're right. You know, he's a fascinating person yeah. himself. Um, and and produced an awful lot of the the underlying base of um of where the character comes from. Yeah. Now, while um people forget people don't realise um how popular radio was then um while the shows were going on the the uh, the pulps were coming out and uh, good old Maxwell Grant was writing them. It was twenty one seasons of the radio show, and I suppose the sort of pub quiz fact was that everyone misses is that Orson Welles played. He didn't play it the whole way through, did he? But he certainly played the shadow for part of it. Is that right? For a big chunk of it, yeah. yeah. He's the most most famous name put, yeah. put against it, yeah. And um, if you, as this podcast podcast catcher that you're listening to this on, just put the shadow in and you'll find there's loads of them for free you can listen to. And by yeah. far the ones with his voice, that recognisable voice. So it's almost like a, there's something of a proto Orson Welles in it somewhere. Um, he, he, he's almost like a little bit too posh sometimes in it for me, but uh, compared to how he is later. But yeah, it's really listenable too. They, um, I listened to the one today, which was four men had escaped to prison, and three of them had got off on appeal, and one of them hadn't. And one of the people who escaped grasped him up, and the the man who he grasped up was hunting them down. And it was the best story. I got really caught up in it. I was thinking, this is <laughs> eighty five years old, and it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, really good. Uh, a lot of them. I mean, they don't all stand the test of time. Yeah, I think and you're right. Yeah. There is a number of elements that perhaps wouldn't be as politically correct today yep um, yeah well we get that with the spirit we we see that a lot don't we you know yeah but uh, yeah oh, there's a lot of um anti-asian elements to it yeah the doc service the... suffers from that as did as does Fuman, the film Manchu novels as well um, mm. significantly mm. yeah no i get you with that um so in 1949 the magazine ended um 1939 now you've told me not to watch these films because they're crap but we got a series of films. We got the uh, the Shadow Strikes, where then we got a serial, the, the old um, Saturday morning serials that used to get shown at the cinema about the Shadow. Uh, then we got films: The Shadow Returns, The Missing Lady, Behind the Mask, and The Invisible Avenger that never got aired, which is quite interesting. Um, <laughs> oh, I think I sent you a picture earlier in the week, didn't I? Of um, a Shadow comic I bought, which was. I think a mashup of a lot of the newspaper strips, and on the cover it had yeah. a still from the movie. Yeah, yeah. So that that's from the I think the color pictures. The the Invisible Avenger thing was was quite a bit later. It was oh, actually because right. okay. it was a television pilot that they tried in the mid fifties. I want to say something oh, like that. Oh right, okay. Um, and got nowhere. Right. No, I mean look, the I'm saying don't watch the, those series. <laughs> and if you've seen any of the nineteen forties Batman serials, yes. that appeared, yeah. They're of the same quality as that. Yeah, they they right? every week he dies and then they sort of rewind a bit, don't they? It used to happen at the end of Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon as well when we were kids, yeah. didn't it? You know, yeah. So, but the thing is that the Buck, the Buck Rogers ones are a lot better. Right. And okay. The best one of them all, I still say, is um, Rocket Man, King of the Rocket Men. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it's the best ones. But anyway, so th- yeah. those shadow ones are 
look, there they are, but it, you're, you'll get nothing from them that I don't think that's... that's it's not going to invest you in the character any more than, say, sit down, listen to some of the radios, as you said, or sit down, read some of the books, or yeah. sit down, read some of the comics. Yeah, and there are they do release the books, and we'll talk a bit about the, the book schedule in a bit, because uh, there's a couple of things I want to mention there with you. Yeah, definitely. Unless you want to be a proper Shadow fan. Like it, Alan, yeah, like and, and go, yeah. go big... Well, I don't own that many of the actual pulps themselves because getting well firstly getting them in any sort of quality is is very difficult because they were designed to to be disposal secondly obviously the the paper rationing um the second world war meant that a lot of them that that did exist at all were were taken back from that perspective um and they just didn't make the uk (laughs) oh right okay uk reprints um and actually the real interesting there is that i've got a couple of uk ones from the from the late 40s oh, right. that the american guys would actually be really interested in because they're different yeah. <laughs> you know in, in that in that sort of sense um but yeah if you want good quality pulps it, each one will set you back a couple hundred pounds really wow okay that's interesting yeah, yeah. because it's such disposable paper so it yeah. just you know it, it does fall to bits so getting a getting a really good quality one is really difficult yeah i've got some of the tarzan stuff and that was that was quite expensive i'd say yeah 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 um, the other, the, the, it has been re, the novels have been repackaged here and there. We've seen some versions of them. Um, there was um, a brilliantly sleazy publisher called New English Library, who I'm a big <laughs> fan of, um, uh, who who published such such memorable titles as Croc, Swamp Girl, Skinhead Girls, Rats from Hell, The Edge series, which is a great cowboy series, Queen Kong. The Blood Circus and Killer, the famous Killer Crab stories, which is actually Blood Moon and the Killer Crab is actually quite a good book. Um, but they also did some um, shadow books, didn't they? Yes. So there've been a number of, yeah. So late sixties uh, and early seventies, where there was a big resurgence of paperbacks of of that ilk and and reusing um, pulp stories. They they put some out, as did a number of other. Um, it was picked up by a number of different people as well um yeah. pyramid press i think yeah i've got a pyramid um, one in front of me actually yeah yeah and um you know across, across that so the, a lot of them were were straight reprints then there were some new stories put out under those those banners as well right so okay. there is a essentially a countdown to something or other i can't remember what it's but it's basically oh the okay. shadow and a, ro- and a, a space rocket you know <laughs> because it was late 1960s you're going to do that you know? yeah um yeah most of that is people would say like you know that that's you only get to that because you're filling out the whole shadow collection yeah I get, <laughs> you know yeah. It's, like, it's like you know get get the other stuff up. yeah but, i yeah. remember i remember but, buying a, a spider novel you know the spider which is another pulp character i remember buying hmm. a series of novels of them and they had a character on them who looked like a sort of white haired james bond and yeah. i was reading and thinking this is nothing like the cover i think it was a paul galacy cover actually and if it's a white-haired James Bond, that would probably be the Avenger. Well, it was, I wish it had been. Yeah, I'm a bit. I've got Avenger books as well, which I'm also yeah. a fan of. Yeah, they, I bought a collection of them in, in your couple of years ago. But yeah, it just looked like um, I don't know who it would look like. It was um, yeah, well, nothing like the Spider anyway. Anyway, I'm, we're yeah. off the subject there. Sorry. Yeah, I've yeah. got a Pyramid Press one here myself, which has got a cover by Chaykin. Now, not Chaykin, Storenko. So I was going to ask you a bit yep. about the Storenko connection because if you see Storenko at a convention, he's always got Shadow stuff on his table, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So. He he got involved or was basically commissioned to do the series of the covers for this, right? Um, and he really bought into it through um, his his publishing arm that he had as well. Oh, and he okay. used to do a certain a, a newspaper, right? Called Comic Scene, that's what it was called. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple of episodes of that, that that newspaper that are really worth uh, tracking down because they're actually 
really interesting. That's the whole of comics seems worth picking up at, yeah. at different points you can get because they're really interesting snapshots in time. They're just your comic magazine about what's going on, but they've got yeah. loads of stuff about the, the films of the time, and you know, it's um, it, they, they produce posters inside them that are, are stunning to look at. It's got lots of interesting articles and, and yeah, really interesting they're adverts. Not bad, are they? Yeah, yeah, they're not bad. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, but it's the sort of thing you want to dip into from time to time just to go, this is you know, what was happening in yeah. 1974 at this particular month open it up and just see what you know but have it there in technicolor yeah but tie the things together saying this is what was in the movies versus this is what they were advertising sales of so he was involved from that um he did about 20 25 of the covers for the the different things oh okay Um, quite a few some of them um some of them had there's actually variant covers on it as well so there's that Um, and he produced a book called unseen shadows which is basically all the pencil sketches oh, okay. for all the covers that were done, and within that, I think there's about fifty different images. So you know, there's some that were never progressed onto, onto actual paintings, um, uh. and that's a you know that's a proper holy grail book for for certain shadow collections to to, to get because there's yeah. Um, you know, you can pick up the soft cover, but there's also a, you know there's a signed and numbered hard cover edition that's that's yeah. properly difficult. Oh, good stuff. Man. Um, and it you know, but it's you know, it, it, it's a beautiful thing to say. This is his process of how he goes through, and he, you know, I, I spoke to him at New York Comic Con, oh, well over a decade now. You know, and he, he was, you know, he was. You're right. He's really interested in this sort of stuff, and you know, and it was a case of like he's not sketching, he wasn't drawing or anything like that. But I, I just said to him, could you write on the page for me the 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 line? You know, who knows what, what evil lurks in right. the hearts of men. Okay. And he basically wrote that as a sentence in a sort of nice column. Oh, right, okay. And frankly, it's you know you know he, this is because he's somebody who really understands design, really understands how to, you know, how to do lettering as well. Yeah, it basically looks like a sketch, but all it is is the words. Oh, <laughs> okay, you know, go, so it's almost like a there's a yeah. I know you mean it's like a poetic. Showed you the words, yeah, you would go Stranko draw. They wrote that didn't uh, okay. because it, yeah, yeah. it just looks like you know. Doesn't you know? But it is just a, a sentence written. Oh anyway, mate, that's good. Um, this, this is great stuff. I love this sort of thing. I I, I, I really I, I get hugely excited every time Dynamite announce they're going to do a shadow book, and then I'm not always. It's not always perfect, but yeah, yeah. This is good stuff. I need to. Um, I don't think I'll I'll quite invest in that until uh, my missus is away for the week. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. Um. So moving on a bit. So we, we're back into the comics now. So between 1940 and 1949 was Shadow Comics. Um. Which were very golden agey, I suppose. Do you own any, Dundor? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. Right. Um, yeah. I, again, getting them is they, that. That's one of the holes if you like that. I don't have it. I have entirely in my collection. There, there are a couple that I could get on at the moment, but they're just in good. You know, they're so it's basically all the pages are there and, and stuff. But again, they're very difficult to get hold of. Right. Yeah, I've never seen one at a convention or anything. Even I have to say. Yeah. Oh no! The, uh, oh, there was somebody. Um, Silver Acres got them. Oh, were they? Okay. Right, but they're again they're not in great condition. Yeah, but you're still talking, you're just talking big money uh, <laughs> for, right, the, for okay. the ones that aren't in good condition. And so you're like, nah, it's okay, I'll I'll wait, yeah, or yeah. I'll, I'll live, I'll live. Yeah. Now moving fast forward to the 1960s, Archie Comics did a Shadow comic, um, but it had him in tights and all sorts of things. It was um, ran eight issues, didn't run for long, but he had like he had like yeah. um, rocket powered boots and things on. It's not the Shadow. It's nah. as simple as that. Yeah. Um, the it's really interesting because they they got the person to do the first cover and on the cut on that first cover he's in the hat with the cape and oh, all okay. that sort of stuff but that's not what he's inside 
and then from thereafter it is it's a superhero comic yeah it looks um, very like that it looks like an Ar- archie style you know that they had at the time kind of thing yeah 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 um then we obviously get this series which we're going to run through in a second um then it, it jumps forward so from 1973 which is uh we had the 12 issue series we had a couple of appearances in batman didn't we um yep. which hark back to what we will talk about in a minute about how um everyone has always been very open i like to think that batman was inspired by the shadow wasn't he part of the part of the mix yeah 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 definitely in that uh 1988 we got um Kaluta and O'Neill again, they did the Shadow 941 Hitler's Astrologer, which is very good. I read it um, about a year ago, I think it came up in the Salem Comicsology. Extremely good. You must be a fan of that series, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, it falls on straight from from this, but, you know, the the 73 series, if you like, is set in the 1930s, and it, it just is, look, 941 just falls on, on straight to it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I think maybe a year or two before that, we got Chaykin's Blood and Judgment um, series, which was, I'm going to say four issues. Is that right off the top of my head? Yep. Yeah, yep. I've got that in front of me. I don't know, man. I love Chaykin. I just, I don't think the shadow's in it enough. And it kind of, uh, maybe it's just his style at the time. It just reminds me of American Flag all the way through it. Is it it's a modern one as well, isn't it? It, well, yeah, it's rolled forward slightly because he there. There's mixed views with regards to the shaking one in the shadow community, right? Oh, okay. um, and it's partially because he, he drops the the thirty eights and picks up Uzis yes. and, yeah. and goes around with with them. It is, yeah, it's rolled forward to modern day um, to a degree. Um, you know what? It, it, and it's got a bit of humour in it that, that isn't to everybody's taste. Yeah, you're you're right with Chicken's work as well. At times, he can be. It, there is the American flag element to it. There's the Black Hawk element yes. to it. You know, all yeah, of these things. Yeah. All of those chicken books start to overlap with each other in my mind yeah. quite quite quickly. Um, it doesn't go quite as far as Black Kiss, so you know, which is probably <laughs> just as well. Yeah, I can't um, imagine that match up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? In a weird way, I can, but that, let's not let's not go there. Um, the yeah, yeah but so a lot of the chicken stuff is yeah. kind of merged in my head when I, you know so it, yeah it, me too actually it, man that's a good it, point it yeah. isn't you know it doesn't stand out for that i actually don't dislike it but it's um, no me neither i just find it it just totally seems different um <laughs> okay well let's go on to the next one then <laughs> okay so what have we got next it's the um the shadow by andy helfer is that the one um yeah. when carl baker and, and sinkevich as well yeah um, quite quite well thought of, I'm right in saying. Is that right? A lot of it is. Yeah. Um, but again, you've you've moved it properly forward at that at yeah. that point. To you know, it's it's um it's set properly in modern day yeah. side of things, and it's um you know it introduces the concept of the shadow having sons, and um I can't remember. Is it 17 issues or there or thereabouts? You might be right. And yeah. It's probably it, I most remember it for just the amazing covers. It had some just yeah. Sinkevich well, covers, the, the, didn't it? The Sinkevich covers to begin with are but found all of it, you know, yeah. that's, it's, it's, it's beautiful. But you know, it ends with him getting his head cut off. And issue eighteen ah. was supposed to be when his head was placed on top of the robotic body. Really? I never knew that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, and yeah. you you kinda of go with that concept. You can see why I couldn't ask the problem at that point. Can we stop this? This isn't going <laughs> where we want our character to go. Too much cocaine. Um, Too much cocaine. It was the eighties. You know. Yeah. Um, but so you know, it's very different from that perspective. Yeah. Um, but the, the Shadow and Light, which is the first six issues, which is the the Sinkevich covers, which are available as a portfolio. Okay. Um, 
they you know they they are beautiful and it, it's a good storyline. The um, Mr. Smith goes to Washington story as well, which is a one-off about a a, a kid who gets lost in, in Washington who, who the shadow rescues. That that's really good as well. Oh, okay, in, in yeah. that mix. I must give him a go. I haven't read them since that since then, so I must give him a go. Yeah, and then 1989 we get the Gerard Jones Eduardo Beretta, um one, which uh, returned him to the past in that one, didn't he? Only run 31 yeah. issues, but. I mean, these days people would love a thirty-one issue run, but back then it was only oh. thirty-one issues, and it uh, yeah. it returned in the forties. And then nineteen ninety-three, Dark Horse took it on, and they had a series of books out. Even Ghost and the Shadow, didn't they? Ghost being that sort of sexy lady in the white clinging dress. Yeah. yeah. But they also put out a number of. Oh, that's when Mike Kota got back into the Shadow yes, at that point now, as well. Yeah. So yeah. working with um, Gianni. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some great stuff there, man. Yeah. Some of those those Kaluta covers on that series are just fucking breathtaking. Still, yeah. yeah, amazing. Um, we'll go. We're going to go back, and to, don't worry, folks. We're going to go back and talk about number one in a minute. I just want to give a little <laughs> rundown of uh, of the sort of history because it is one you can sort of you can you can capture it because it, but it is it does jump about. So sometimes it does need a little bit of an explanation. So 2012, uh, so 1995, we've got the Doc Savage Shadow crossover, and then 2012, we've got Dynamite took it over. Um, D- Dynamite have. I, th- I think the, I think the phrase is "fucking bled it dry." I'm going to be honest with you, um, as they did with a lot of their characters. So it's jumped about. He's been in teams. He's teamed up with people. There's various writers. We've had Shadow now, Shadow Batman, Batman Shadow, Shadow and the Twilight Zone, which I know I commented you. I didn't actually mind that. I quite liked that series. Yeah. It's sort of interesting. Grendel and the Shadow, Agents of the Shadow, which is probably the worst of the lot, which is the sort of prestige format one, if you recall that one. Yeah. They did. Um, and I think they still got it, haven't they? Uh, no, they've just lost it. Have they? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so they've they. You're right. They did a, a vast array. They also took the opportunity to reprint some of the the early stuff. So they reprinted 1941. They reprinted um, Blood and Judgment. Right. And uh, various others. We should point out the reason that it's jumped around so much is the character is actually owned by a company called Smith and Smith. Yes. Uh, sorry, Smith and Street. Yeah, so these are the people who produced uh, the pulps originally, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. So that company, however, was bought out by Conti Nasty, right. which everyone should know as a travel magazine. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's at Conti Nasty um, Publications actually own the, the, the character. Right. So in terms of whenever a comic book company is doing some of this, they've actually taken the, the rights from Conti Nasty and to allow them to, to go off and, and, and produce the books. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons that the Shadow Strikes stopped at the end of 31 issues was because Conti Nasty upped the rates and DC said, well, no, we're not oh, going to pay for it right. anymore. Okay. Um, and that, that's why it gets, gets shipped around. So Conti Nasty have recently pulled back the rights to, to themselves. So all the, the pulps were being also being reprinted over the last more, decade uh, by Anthony Tolan um, through his publishing yes. house called Sanctum Books. He always had a table um, at New York, didn't he? I always used to go over and see his table. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he, he if, if you want to know anything properly about the Shadow, he, he's the person to speak to. Yeah. Um, he coloured a lot of the, the Shadow Strike series. He was involved in, in, actually involved in the 1973 series briefly. Right. And um, he, he produces an article in the back of one of the, the issues. Um and he was so he was pushing them out. So, but he had his rights removed as well. And it, it only came out recently that it's because they've handed the the shadow character over to um, James Patterson, the the crime author. Oh, really? And, okay. And said, "Go on, you have to produce some new new books." Oh, wow. Um, okay. To do it, 
the main reason so they want to do that is they're saying, well, if, if we can get some a traction behind it from, movie, yeah. from him, then it's a feeder for a movie or yeah. potentially a television series. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, I, there's a bit of me that can see this easily done as a Netflix series in yeah. in so many different ways because the shadow himself is only really a small part of this. Yeah. And uh, again, it's probably something where we get into the actual comic. Yeah. The you know, he has everyone says, Oh, the shadow and the one of the reasons that so much of the, the, the dynamite books break down when it's things like the shadow and Batman and stuff, it is because the shadow is not really that important as the character in, in some of the stories. Yeah. It's all about saying, you know, who is Lamont Cranston? Who is Margot Lane? Who is Harry Vincent? You know, you've got the Chevy, the the taxi driver, you've got yeah. Burbank in communications, and you've got a vast array of others. It's much like saying that Batman's not that interesting without the whole catalogue. Yeah, of, um, and if you listen to a lot of the radio right? shows, a lot of the investigations and stuff like that are done by the non-shadow characters. For yeah. a lot of it, he sort of appears and does stuff, but because he's kind of a bit unbeatable, they don't use him all the time in it, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's more the puppet master in that sort of sense of, yeah, you you know, and using people's skills to say, you know, oh, I, let's go and send in the sexy lady to find out some information yeah. from the gentleman over there, send in Marmalade. All right, so we need a little bit of a punch up. Fine, send in Harry Vincent to, you know, yeah. I need, you know, somebody who's got great, who, who sits in the tower and just has communication out with the world at large, and that's Burbank, you know. Yeah. And all of that is about so you're playing across all of those characters. To say, and you could easily do that as a television series. So that yeah. it gives you that opportunity to say, well, you're not just focused on the one character all the time. Yeah. So actually, you and can they'll, have, a, they'll really have an episode focused on Margot Lane. Yeah. And you know, this sort of thing. Yeah. But that was a big, that was a big trope at the time, wasn't it? I know Doc Savage had obviously had his all little, his little team. Um, this, um, the Avenger had his little team, very similar actually. Um, yeah, well, it was I, quite I, a play I, on that, wasn't there? Yeah, I remain convinced that it's partially because if you're going to have to produce a book a month, <laughs> yeah, it gets boring. You, you <laughs> Yeah, it's like, you know, is that a case of we need to put some interesting, interesting? All right, yeah, you're right. I can do a couple of chapters on yeah. on this character or that character. Right, I filled it, or you know, a few paragraphs to fill it out. Right, that's done it. Yeah, great. Yeah, I do. Um, right. So let's answer the big question here before we get on. The final question I've got for you before we get onto the actual issue is, right? It's fucking confusing who he is. So is he Lamont Cranston, or is he someone else? Because is it is it Crent Allard at one point? Is that right? Yeah, so Kent. So I would say that the, the reality, in, in terms of the, it, it's Kent Allard is the underlying person who is the shadow. Right. Okay. okay. He was a World War One pilot. Right. Um, who then, on his way back from the war, if you like, decided to come the long way around. So rather than going over the Atlantic, went through the, the, the Far East. Right, yeah. Uh, back to America. And learnt the mystical arts of the of the East, as the, you know, the general trope that you would expect there. Yeah. As part of that, he then, you know, gets to know Lamont Cranston and says, right, I actually want to basically be, you know, different people at different points in time. Yes. So, you know, he takes on, much like, um, again, Batman would take on Matches Malone as a, a sort of character. Okay. Yep. It, it is a case of Lamont Cranston is one of the people that I will play because that gives me access to the police commissioner, the, you know, the, the, the high classes of, of, of New York at the time through the, yeah. the, the Cobalt Club. And, it, you know, it basically, it, it gives him that. Lamont Cranston as an actual individual 
then says, fine, I'll go off and tour, tour the world, be the playboy. Right. Now, be- because it is the 1930s and there's no internet or anything like that, he can be in um, Barbados living it up <laughs> or in Canada or whatever, and nobody in New York knows that he's there. So yeah. the fact that there's two Lamont Cranstons doesn't, doesn't really matter. Could. Now, to slightly confuse things on the radio, it was only Lamont Cranston, is that right? Yes. <laughs> so the, the, but it's, it's one of these ones that you say, well, you think it is that whole... What, what you're saying, so the shadow is Lamont Cranston, but who is Lamont Cranston? Well, Lamont Cranston is Kent Allard. Yeah, okay, right, okay. It's, it's kind of the section removes. So yeah. it does mean that at some point, if Kent Allard wanted to be somebody else, he could also be that, and that somebody could then become the shadow. If, you know, in, in terms yeah. of the... It's just about... Because... Um, he might be the mild mannered janitor hanging around the police station, listening into all the the things. Yeah, it's a case of well, that's 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 Ken Allard dressed up as. Yeah, it's amazing. None the... of which matters in terms of actually yeah. understanding or enjoying any of the stories. Of course, yeah, <laughs> and it doesn't matter with this issue at all. But let's just say you, you can only you can see from those what what you've just been talking about there the influences it has on Batman. And let's not forget she's called Margot Lane. Let's not forget that mm. as well, which is interesting. Yeah, good. Okay, so let's get. The only on. thing I will say about the, the, the Ken Allard relationship to to um, World War One, it does mean that the they've never done the crossover that I want them to do, and uh, oh, I, I wrote fan fiction of it as well because I truly think that there would have been a really good crossover between the Shadow and Enemy Ace. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where yeah. you could have so the the story that I wrote was the fact that Enemy Ace ends up coming to New York to to visit friends, and basically because they could have had a battle in the skies circa 1917 and here they are both in new york in 1930 yeah and you, the whole thing is there well is he really the enemy oh imagine because, imagine that drawn by joe kubert how good would that be yeah you know, yeah and it's that whole thing about enemy ace isn't the enemy really but he was just because he was on, on the other side of the war yeah that doesn't make it that doesn't mean he has evil in the hearts of men type thing oh interesting yeah 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 <laughs> would have been my that there you go. there's my my pitch for if i if we ever say like what What's the dream yeah, yeah, in yeah. terms of, of writing? So. Being, being from the Doc Savage side of the room, the um, I recently purchased the Doc Savage King Kong crossover novel, which I should be reading next, which looks very good. Good. <laughs> okay. Right, so let's talk a bit about the Shadow one. Um, the cover, which was a kind of thing they used a lot, which was the Shadow with the distinctive red scarf, the two... They're 45s, aren't they? Is that 45 automatics? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the... the um, with with the sort of big nose and the the what kind of hat is that? I don't know what kind of hat. You call fedora. Fedora hat. It's a yeah. Fedora. Um, over the top of things, so it's almost like um an iconic image of him looking over the city, and he they would often use that trope when they of having him larger than the other action yeah. in the in the panel, to so that he's sort yeah. of always about, always observing. I'm guessing is that right? Do you think? Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think it's well, it's it's a weird one in that. In that. To me, the best shadow stories are set in the 1930s, yeah. and it's partially because you have to incorporate the city as part as one of the characters in the storyline, if yeah. you like. And yeah. and this immediately does that, where it is, look, yes, here's the shadow overhanging the whole city, but the city is the important thing here because this is where it's happening. Yeah. Now, the artwork itself was actually produced in two parts. Um, okay. It's, it's um, the shadow himself is actually a painting. Oh, wow, okay. It, it's London Inc. The, so the front of it is it's a cityscape. With Do you know, the, I'm just noticing uh, that, that now. I, I, sh- I showed this to Adam yesterday. Adam Falp came around the office and I said, look, is it, and I said, it's a really smooth image. You know, I like the way they've done the smoothness of his face. It makes total sense. Paperback, almost like a paperback yeah. novel cover, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's that, and there's one or two others in in the series where it is multiple layers. So it's, right. it's a painting with with line art put on top of it, um, and and that's how this one was was produced for that. Never has a more beautiful comic cover been made with just a picture of a train. I've got to be honest with you, this really <laughs> this really works. And the the, the way um, the train arcs into the reader with him standing over it, it's just incredibly beautiful, isn't it? I just love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not sure about the colour on the sign on the left. I've just noticed that. What do you think? Uh, to to be honest, the colouring throughout <laughs> yeah, is yeah. probably the weakest bit. a little flatness bit. to some stuff, isn't there? Yeah. The... So it was recolored for because all of the Kaluta stories from this, there's because of the issues with regard to the, who owns the rights and who owns the things. Right. There's very little recollected. Yeah, and there's very there's um, actually nothing on Comicsology around this, I think, as well. Yeah, there'll be some yeah. of the dynamic stuff. But yeah. It's, uh, so it was recolored um, for the Private Files hardcover collection that came out in 89 right i think you put that you put that on twitter didn't you earlier that picture of that yeah 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 yeah. so that's one of those so it was recolored for for that and it's quite funny because i was thinking oh i i I was having a quick flick through my german version yes i'm that sad (laughs) don't judge well i'm I'm in good company yeah yeah they recolored it for the time because there's a page that you shared with me earlier and, and i was thinking yeah it, it's a bit blotchy because and partially because it's on newsprint as yeah, well yeah um but it was recolored for the um for the hardcover edition and, if, and the, that recoloring is what's in some of the other reprints this is here like the, like the german version um where it's it's because it's slightly crisper paper it, it means that it's it's tight you know the, there's less bleed and yeah. they, they put more effort into it. Okay. So. Now, page one. I'm, I'm, and I don't mean this disparagingly, I feel a lot of golden age about that first page. It reminds me of something I may have seen in the golden age. It's floating heads and... Um, yeah. It's, it's, because it's you would normally pretty. expect the, to be... Here's the, the You'd expect the heads to be down the side of the page or something like that, yeah. running along the bottom where they are. But what I want to remind you of, that... Yes, you and I have this big background of this character, and we we understand all the history and, and understand you know where we are now with it. There hadn't been a shadow comic for circa thirty years at this point. Yeah, there'd been some of the paperbacks that all started re- being republished. Okay. Um, so there were you know, and people and yes, the radio show was on syndication, so people knew knew it. But they jump straight in. They give you no. You know, th- this is not an issue one where they go, oh, by the way, here's the setup for the rest it's of the It's not, series. is it? Yeah. That's right? right. This is straight in. Yeah. And on that first page there, they kind of, and this is my point about seeing you know, there's multiple characters. They're going, right, here's the shadow. Boom. Big image. Yeah, he's the big guy. But here's these four other characters along the bottom, and they all matter. Yep. Yeah. Each of them has a has a part to play in this storyline in terms of, of how we go um, go along, and you know it, it's straight into it. But just going, yeah, boom, boom, boom. By the way, here's here's what's going on. Yeah, um, it is great, man. I do love it. I, I commented to you before we started this. Um, they don't skimp on panels in this comic either, do they? I think six well, is the <laughs> least, and that's a surprise. Well, yeah. the, the page one is is the only only splash page. Yeah. And even then, it's it's it, in itself is more just yeah. another cover version in some ways, but it's a little bit of right. This is who we are. Bang bang. Yeah. Off we go. But yeah, it, it's it, it straight lays it out. Are you but, um? Yeah. Are you a Kaluta fan otherwise? Are you? Or, I guess you uh, are. Yeah. It is 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 the short answer. Yeah. Um, having having met him a few times. Oh, cool. Um, I he and I. 
our, our relationship started quite differently. We, again, we have to go back to the the early, where it'd be the late nineties at this point. So, okay. So and remember that the internet was was new at that point in time. There was no such thing as social media, um, but there was a cover that came out that he did for a Batman annual that. I don't know if it was Bloodlines or something. Okay. One of those I don't think I've got a note of that anyway, one. But yeah, he did do a lot of covers, was, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. It was set in the... The storyline was set in the UK. Okay. And on the cover, um, there was the, the map of, of the British Isles with the word England starting at about Inverness and, and finishing down about London. So I wrote him an email of complaint <laughs> saying, hang on a minute, you know, my... You know, my True Scotsman here is going, by the way, that's that's not all England. Um, to which he replied saying, look, he had nothing to do with the lettering on the cover and so right. forth and had been to Scotland and loved it and so on. And that started a relationship. So, you know, we, so we exchanged emails loads um, to the extent that he was one of the few people that in, in the States that I emailed on 9-11 just to make sure he was okay because uh, nice, you know, he, he lives in New York. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and it, it was that, that you know, that, so eventually in 2002, um, I went over to New York for work and actually said, look, I'm, I'm here, let's meet up and right. have a coffee type thing. And a nicer guy you could Oh, meet. nice, man. I'll, I love and to hear it, that. Yeah. It was good. So we went out for coffee. Um, we then met up again that night because he was, he was having – we went to uh, an art gallery opening. <laughs> with <Get> you. Um, <laughs> Well, no, I was like, I don't know what he's like. We're going to go see this guy, and it was a guy called Roger Deans, <laughs> who did all the covers for the Yes albums, and and all. And I'm like going, what am I at? This is yeah. a... so you know, yeah, all going, free oh, booze, yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah, but you're also going. This, this is actually I'm quite know, surreal. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then the we we then the, the following night, I actually went up to his his studio when he he finished the commission that he was working on for me, um, and that that sub. So, there's there's a, a YouTube video online where somebody else is, was in his studio and it's, it's a wonderful it, it's oh, exactly wow. what you want it to be. Oh my god, um, that's so just, story, man. Yeah, yeah. Lots, lots, lots of the, where he was pulling paintings off uh, out the shelves and going. Yeah. And it was things like the, some of the Tolkien um, calendar artwork right. that he did, and he's just going, "This is just amazing." <laughs> 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 okay. Yeah, trying to play it cool, um, play it cool, Al, yeah. play it cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, that you know, and. Uh, few years after that went back to the states with, with mrs h and we had lunch with him and elaine lee who was the writer of um starstruck oh okay uh, no right. star oh, anyway the series that he, he worked on with her yeah um and, and she was involved in various other things as well oh, nice. um the day after that we went to the new york big comic con not not the not nycc but the, i think the big apple con is yes yeah she was quite, yeah, quite a small yeah um in the hotel, at that time, it was the hotel opposite um, Penn Station. That's right. That's where um, I went to it, man. I think Walt Simonson uh, was there that year. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Well, the, so anyway, I'm wandering around and clearly Moira's looking bored. So Mike said, "Sit behind the table with me." So she got to sit there, right? And then I came back later and I was speaking, and she says, "Oh, I met this guy Neil. I met this guy Bill. A guy called Howard came over. I don't know." <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I think, I think right, Simonson would probably be there as well. So it'd be like, what? Well, and it was one of these ones where she's like, I don't know. And she's like, <laughs> basically, if I'd stayed rather than oh, wandering around the car, I'd have met. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When it, it was like, oh, yeah, so the Neil that you met, that that's Neil Adams, was it? All right. And Bill was Sinkevich, and oh, the Howard was Chaken. And so on. So, you know, and you're like, oh, 
God, what have I done? Oh, mate. Um, yeah. So, no, I was a great guy. Yeah. Anyway, um, That's great, man. For those who don't know, uh, Michael William Kaluta, born 25th of August 1947 in Guatemala, believe it or not. Um, yes. Like so many people in of his age, he started off at Charlton Comics, which a lot of people did. And then he worked on some, and I, I own these comics, and I didn't realise it was him. He worked on some Carson the Venus comics in the Tarzan which was when I think it was an 80-page or 100-page um, comic at the time. And he drew some Korak as well, which is also very good. Um, he quotes Alphonse Mucha, Mucha as an influence, who's a Czech painter from the turn of the century. Look at us, highfalutin. Um, <laughs> the, um, the style of art in the, in, the, in the shadow, he has said, was a homage to Graves Gladney, who was... Um, one of the famous shadow pulp cover creators who I looked up and is um, will, will have done yeah. all the covers that you, you recognise and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, he was obviously, as we all know, part of the studio with Bernie Wrightson, um, Barry Windsor-Smith and Jeff, Jeff later Jeffrey Catherine Jones. Um, did the cover for Madame Xanadu, which was one shot in 1981, which is, is, is a lovely, amazing cover. Um, yeah. Starstruck, you're right, Marvel graphic novel number 13, and then the following on, it followed on with some 13 issues back then. And I didn't realise this, but there's audio plays of that as well. Did you know that? Yep, oh, yes. uh, it was it was actually held as a a stage play in oh, really okay off Broadway type thing yeah right uh, um, and he did all the a lot of the design work for that right okay he wrote some of the shadow as well didn't he, he went on to write a couple of issues here and there a lot of the um the dark horse stuff yeah 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 yeah, yeah. he drew illustrations for Don't Answer Me which is an Alan Parsons project album uh, he did the cover for Glenn Danzig's Black Area album um, he does. I, th- I think maybe the reason we didn't see him quite so much as some other people in comics is he used to do a lot of, um, uh, is it called White Wolf? Are they the the, the sort of yeah. gaming magazine-y so, type stuff? Uh, yeah, I, I would sort of say he's, Mike is, he's a proper artist. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. In that, yeah. Um, he's, he, you know, he has his fingers on many, many parts. And he's he's arguably a fantasy artist who came and did some comics, right? Yeah. Rather than being a comic, yeah, artist that's kind of how he's always done actually when I've seen his stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, and like I say, if he's he's renowned in the Tolkien community, um, okay. because he did a number of Tolkien calendars in the again eighties and of which are. Well, let's face it. Every one of those you're going right. There's twelve full-blown paintings yeah. done by Michael Kaluta. You, know, you, yeah. you can imagine the, the sort of quality that put, puts out. Um, you're right. He does loads. Of, did loads of the white wool stuff. Did loads of Magic the Gathering painting right. cards as well. Okay. All that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's a lot of that that fantasy artwork piece that you that you would see elsewhere. That yeah. Is there any is, comic is there any non-shadow stuff that you're particularly um, in love with or? Um, if you can ever find a copy of the book Metropolis okay. that he did, um, where it, it's an illustrated book rather than, than a comic. Right. Um, again, it's it, it's beautifully tight line work. It's all done as dip pen work, and it's it, it's you know, it, it's probably a, a, you know something that's really worth getting getting hold of if you can. Oh man, can so find good! It. I'll tell you what I really liked with the um, what were those covers? Was it Time Warp? He did the covers for that, didn't he? Do you remember? So. Yeah, so he did Time Warp, and the the other set of covers that were, and actually interiors that he did um, was the, the Phantom Stranger. Yes. That I really would recommend getting, you know, it, why it, it probably has been reprinted as a showcase, and I just don't know it. Yeah, but probably. Yeah, they're too you know, expensive. You know, there's, a, yeah. there's, there's a set of covers there that, that are really, really nice. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I think more, more recently, he did some of the more recent 
Madame Zamadou stuff as well. And okay. we did a bunch of covers for Books of Magic. Yes, and House um, Mystery and House of Secrets and stuff like that. He did some stuff yeah. for, didn't he, as well? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he did some um, King Conan covers as well and Lucifer covers, I think, as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you go yeah. to his website, which is www.kaluta.com, there's some of the um, Vampirella covers he did as well, which are beautiful, amazing. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of good artwork on his website. He doesn't skimp on putting art on there. It's, it, you can spend a good couple of hours lost in that in that website, I think. Well, that was I, I jokingly said to you this morning and on or Twitter that oh yeah, I was going to do some studying by, by reading <laughs> up a couple of books. I didn't read the books; I just looked at the pretty pictures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. Right, getting back to the one we we're actually meant to be talking about, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So, did you want to give us just a little summary of what's meant to happen in this story, dude? Yeah. Um. So it's a classic kind of sort of whodunit if you will yeah um whereby the shadow is is investigating a the, the you know the the murder type thing yeah and it follows all the way through again sending out the various characters to to find out what needs to be done with it um some of the the bits toward the end get a bit clunky in terms of some of the the dialogue description, but it is about yeah, it's a who done it, isn't it? It's who, fair to who, say, yeah. But he, he know, gets who about how it, to twist it? into the you know. It's also because they are doing a little bit of always pre-war as well, so we're going to make sure we have some sort of reference to <laughs> um, yeah. to that by by saying oh, there's those nasty Germans are involved as well in terms of this, yeah. um, and it basically works out you know the person who's behind all the the actual murders that took place and then the the theft that, that's been followed up through and um it's the shadow so he kills him at the end that's, yeah. that's the way it works yeah and, and that you know so that it basically it's just a whodunit that, that's all you, you know there's not really much more to say to yeah that. i was going to mention that because he does sort of i know it's kind of in a struggle he kills him but he is quite casual afterwards and just says, the shadow knows and then laughs a lot yeah mm. i always used to think that maybe that's where the creeper got that laugh from sometimes it always used to occur to me they both seem to have it in the Bronze Age. I don't know. Who knows? It's, it's just a trope. It's just someone laughing. But occasionally I think, oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, it relates all the way back to the 1931 radio show. Yeah, where, where yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good stuff. Um, the art is um, gorgeous. It is. Um, there's there's a real quality of detail to the line as well. He, he doesn't skimp on the details. Occasionally we get a flat background. Um but it seems to me as a point of purpose. The, the page I sent you earlier is, yeah. is broken up. He's, he's standing behind someone so, who he's sort of yeah. clouding his mind, isn't he? You know? Yeah. So let's, if you compare page two yeah. with, I think it's page nine, that is the one that you're talking Yeah. So page two, which is, is you know, is Den, wait, this is Denny O'Neill being the proper pulp writer on the opening, opening dialogue yep. there because it's all about descriptive it's all about scene setting it's um, yeah, here on the Brooklyn waterfront the dank night the air is cold yeah. as the fingers of the dead and so on and so you know it's just it's all descriptive descriptive, oh, he, descriptive. he goes for it full on pulp wise even in the and, even in the letters column which would all the the, the, the yeah. text piece at the back he goes for it doesn't yeah. he large that's what I admire but those first four four panels where it's all scene setting and the the details in there that um, you know can you imagine that uncolored the black and white the amount of line work that's in just those four panels yeah. just to kind of but nothing's happening other than going it's the docks zooming in on the windows zooming in on the windows zooming in on the windows yeah. And you know, there's there's a lot, and all of that is about going this whole thing about 
look, the city is one of the characters here. We need to introduce, you know, we need to establish the scene. We need to, you know, get you into the emotion of the fact that it's misty and it's cold and you're yeah. down by the docks and the piers. You can smell the sea coming off the off the page. You're right when you get to page nine, where it flips it entirely, and they're using the the, the ability to. Um, get into men's minds that, that, that the shadow has yeah and you know doing a little bit of hypnotherapy basically you know <laughs> yeah. and goes right i want you to tell me what you know when he's you know for one of the guys that they've captured you're right so he's basically said you know, i'll put you in a, a, a deprivation room here but it's only in your head yeah it's very so clever, it, it? is that that whole thing that if you were you know it's that sort of scene from the prisoner to to quote yeah. your other yeah. recent exploits where <laughs> you know they would put him in a in a white room on a chair and go you know, what, what, tell me what you know. You know, what, why did you resign, or why? You know, yeah. Tell me the the details of you know, who who your leader is. Tell me who the you know. And the word, the use what, of light. So you get on the right hand side for those that are it. There's um, one, two, three, four. There's five horizontal, very slim panels. And on the right, you get the full light in the man's half face on the right hand side. But mm. behind him, you get the shadow and the white, the shadow in shadow. And you get you, because of that, you get um, a sense of depth to the panel to a very simply done panel. You 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 know that the man on the right is near you, and you know that the shadow is behind him. It's very clever the way it's done. It's not not an easy thing to pull off. I I I I, I told you I I nicked it today for a bit of in, yeah. October, and yeah. it's not easy. Yeah, you have to play with the light. It's very clever. Uh, yeah, it's great for me. Yeah, good. Is there any other pages you particularly dug, dude? So I'm going I'm going to take you back to page three in okay. panel one. Yeah. Oh, where yes. literally. Yeah. Literally, I mean, it's, it's a black panel with yeah. a very thin line to to suggest the brim of the hat. Yeah. Two darting eyes, just the tip of the nose and light, a little bit of the scarf, and a hand reaching out of the black, and you know, and just going, it's the shadow. Yeah. And this whole, you know, again, it's lifting off the page in terms of how how it's coming out there. It's a brilliant from that sort of perspective. Yeah. Um, if I can just draw your in, attention to the previous page as well, the bottom panel. The, the, mm. uh, the, that's at the angle with them, you know, which I, you almost had to do it just to fit it in. But the, yeah. the gangsters are all in angle and the, and the laughter is playing around them. It's it's dancing around them. Uh, the ha 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 is dancing around them. And um, yeah. it just reminds me, I can see where Franco Franco Villas gets a lot of his style from that, that heavy ink style and the heavy sort of drawn in lettering. I really, I really like that panel, I have to say. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, some of the page layouts are just absolutely great in terms of the techniques that are used like that. So if you go to the bottom of page four, stroke top of page five, yeah. where there's a telephone conversation yeah. taking place yeah. between Cranston and, and Burbank, and it's using the jagged lines between the, the two, so it's a sawtooth effect you know, to suggest you know, who's speaking to whom. Um, yeah. That that that's great from that sort of perspective. That um, um, is it Burbank, the guy, the phone guy, the the communications yep. guy. Is, did he have that Borger Locutus thing going on in um in the radio play or anything like that? Do you know? Or... Oh, I, I radio play. I don't know. I know that when when Chicken did it, he took it the complete full way and put him in an iron lung. Right. Okay. So right. you know, and it, it, it's a case of. The whole, the whole point is supposed to be that Burbank is the person who doesn't. He's not the. He's the central hub. Yeah. He's he's not like the the agent who goes out and does things, but he's the one that everybody can, you know. He's the contact point that everybody can come to yeah. as as they need to. Um. And there's this this thought of you know he's he's been injured and and therefore that's why he's not the one that goes out and yeah. does does the attacking if you will. Yeah. Okay. Um. 
you're going to go to another page. So is there anything yes, else? Yes, yeah. page 12. Let's let's go. Right. Which one's that do? I, I'm so page 12 is the oh, of the yeah. first circular panel. I was going right? to go with this one. Beautiful use now, of note. I, I want to know oh. he, whether he, he was directly influenced or not, but this page layout is Johnny Cannon to me. <laughs> right, okay. um, I love the circular I, panel. Yeah, it loves yeah. a circular yeah. panel. But uh, yeah, it starts with a circular panel, moves to essentially a squarish panel, then has an open bordered panel yeah. with the gyrocopter in it <laughs> for the first time. With like um, when, when you say no backgrounds, like no backgrounds, it's on white. Yeah. That's what I really liked about that. But it, it pops it out at you, doesn't it? It's moving towards you. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, again, this is where some of the dialogue's a little clunky because they start explaining what what an auto gyro is. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> It was essentially half, yeah. half plane, was... half helicopter, right? Let's, let's, yeah. Yeah. let's leave it at that. Um, what's the other ones towards the end? I love the... There's a panel... I like. Do you know what? I don't know why I do, but I just like the panel of him looking at his watch. It's just... Uh, I actually think that's quite a cool watch. I quite like that watch. Yeah, <laughs> that one where she's sort of flying the plane. But yeah... yeah. Um, the submarine so PG, thing. Yeah, PG teams laid out in, in entire Art Deco style. That the bottom panel screams nineteen oh, yeah. thirty. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I love the way that the the start of nineteen, the actual border is the shape of the shadow. Yeah. The border of the panel is the shape of the shadow. That's just you know things like that. It's very Batman to me that somehow. Um, mm. Yeah, you could that could have the ears of the bat in it, couldn't it? Is that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's lovely though. Yeah. But, so you know, and all of that is, as I say, there's when when they they explain what a submarine is and stuff like that. That's where it gets a yeah, you know. But it, it it's it's just the the very pulp descriptions that that O'Neill uses in, in terms of the setting the scenes. Great, yeah. the mind control images. You're right, where it, it shifts it from being big cityscape to just being blank nothingness to then being the the full of, you know there's a chase scene i mean this is this is a 20 page book yeah a lot going on yeah murder at the front has a chase scene in the middle has a interrogation scene in it and then has a, a helicopters yeah, and submarines a helico- yeah yeah you know and then you know it gets in it gets out and it goes and this was you know this is one and done yeah and i think everyone you know you, you look at comics today and you're right, you can get 20 pages, nothing happens. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> More happens in this 20 pages than you'd probably get in most graphic novels in the Batman books at the moment. Yeah, this would have been a, this would have been a Marvel event, this one, by the time they finished it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or this certainly would have been a six-issue miniseries just for this one story. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, part of that is, and, and, and Daniel O'Neill continued on with that when he, he moved to you know, his editorship. And that's why when, in the 90s, you know, he was editing tech and and batman you had batman doing the continuously running stories but one of the reasons he brought alan grant in was to turn and say i want short stories yeah yeah because he came from that that background didn't he yeah yeah yeah. and it it very much i think it's that keeping up going look we need people who you know people want to be able to read a story and say i read it and moved on um yeah, Which, and again, that's kind of the shadow as well, isn't it? Because the sh- people were used to the story of the week with the shadow, weren't they, when it was on radio yeah. and, yeah, mm. the novels and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I get you completely. The other thing we've got to mention um, is probably the at the back of it, because it, uh, there's, there could be no letters page because it hadn't come out yet. There's um, it's a really funny story of Denny O'Neill coming out of his office, bumping into the shadow who kidnaps him, um, <laughs> ties him to a chair and tells him he's got to write a comic. Yeah. 
Yes. Um, it, it's not in this one, but most of the other later episodes, or later comics, I should say, yeah. um, the actual opening titles are... Um, it's a story from the, sh- the the shadows private files as told to ah right Denny O'Neill oh, and okay. you know, so they always because if you want it just says uh, from the shadows private annuals as recorded by but it, but all the others it's saying you know, this was a story told to Denny O'Neill Mike Colletta or Denny O'Neill and Frank Robbins right um okay and you know yeah. so it's it's a nice sort of twist on on that but yeah it's it's a great setup in terms of the piece and the fact that in the middle of the, the, the comic, there's a, can you work out the code? Yeah, so there's, there's, there's literally a code, code put in, isn't there? There's like a special code, yeah. which you, you can work out, tells you a story at the end of it, and it gives you the solution um, in the end. Yeah, it's, it's quite it's quite the thing. The um, I don't know how much these are going for. I looked on eBay, and they're about, I think they're, they're going, a good, a good quality copy, copy of it is going for about 20 quid, something like that, I'm going to say. Um, yeah. They're not super expensive. Yeah. There are there there was a millennium edition right. of this, okay. uh, which I presume is cheaper. Um, as I say, there are certain reprints of it that are available through through other means as well. Yeah. But it's what, what's not available is all twelve issues. Really? Okay. <laughs> you know, if, right. You've got to get you've got to get them one at a time. Right. And, and you're right. Yeah. You know, but again, it's maybe good copy would be twenty quid. And all twelve, you probably pick up for. You know, some of them you could probably find them in the bargain basement bins because people wouldn't know what they were. Yeah, some of the, the odd one. I think maybe the R Crew stuff. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think the other thing that I always notice about these comics for DC as a period is they were still slightly wider, weren't they? Um, so they lose a small amount of width in about. I think it's about a year or two, isn't it? Um, mm. Which is, so that they're they're slightly bigger. Always, oh, they're slightly bigger. Sometimes when I get some of the Kirby stuff, I think, oh yeah, that's nice. Good O. Right. So, if someone were to read this and, and roll on and, and read something else, what would you recommend they they pick up? So, I would stick with all the twelve issues for this. Yeah. And then I'd move to the Shadow Strikes. Okay. Yeah. For the the, the Johnson Bretton piece, purely because that keeps it in that nineteen thirties space. Um, you then move on to the to nineteen forty one, which is the, the other which is excellent uh, O'Neill Neil piece. Yeah. Um, Which was um, a graphic novel, wasn't it? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. one of the, the Marvel oversized graphic novels that came out. Yeah. Um, thereafter, it's probably the Dark Horse period. Um, not the crossovers or things like Ghost, but you know, <laughs> yeah. the the heat wave issues. And, yeah. the, and to be honest, actually, even the Shadow movie adaptation oh, comic okay. isn't that bad. And that's partially I find it, was I find it a difficult watch. It's it's a bit too pantomimey at moments for me. I think it's a bit like Dick Tracy. Sometimes it reminds me a bit too much of that and the Phantom and that little round of films that were a little too clever for it, their own good. Sometimes it didn't know what it wanted to be. Yeah, and I think you're right. The fact it, it's because it's the if you put if I put the soundtrack on, you'd go, oh, that's the Batman soundtrack. Right. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Um, and. It's so that yeah the nineteen ninety four movie which is Alec Baldwin yes I don't think we've mentioned this up to now. <laughs> um, looks you know what if you turn it on and keep the sound on <clears> it looks beautiful and it yeah there's it uh, Mike Luder was involved in some of the, the set designs for that as well which is probably one of the reasons okay. the problem that they've really got is you're right the storyline they didn't know what they wanted to, to be with because they knew they were on the 
you know, the, the falling on the Batman dime. You're right there, Dick Tracy. There is a, a sort of thing that was the, the historical setting element. Yeah. They looked at the the history of the Shadow and said, "Oh, there's 326 stories to tell. What do we tell?" Right. And and kind of mished, mashed everything together. So they did the whole thing about, "Oh yeah, he goes to the Orient." Yeah. Post war type thing. But you know, I, I accept that. Right, ditch the Kent Allard piece because it, it's a bit confusing. So we can, but we can. But they, they kind of got it all mixed up with that, and they, they, it, it just became too confusing. Yeah. Okay. In, in terms of, of what was actually there, I in, in terms, you know, and trying to shoe in a love interest, and trying to shoe in, you know, all the the bits they needed to, to say, well, if we put this in, we can sell the toys. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. It was weird. There it? was just we, too much. We had a lot of pulp books being made around that time, didn't we? So there was slightly before that, or a decade before that, was the Doc Savage movie. We had the Rocketeer, which is yeah. no, isn't pulp, but harks back to that period. We had a Biggles movie out of the UK. It was yeah, they, yeah, they went through a few, didn't they, back then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, the Rocketeer. You're saying it's not pulp. The interesting thing there is because obviously the original book by Dave Stevens um, actually features the shadow in it. Oh Un- right, I forgot that. Uncredited, oh okay, um, type thing. But it, it, it it's because obviously he didn't have the rights. But essentially, there's there's a character who who could only be the shadow. It's it's right. quite interesting from that. I'll have a look Clint Bowes is that sort of Lamont Cranston element. Yeah, but, yeah. The um, do you think the reason I don't want to say it didn't stick because we're still seeing books coming out about the shadow and they must sell to be produced. But do you think the reason that we didn't get a, like a three hundred issue DC why do you think that was? Do you think it was the sort of the problem with the the people who own the rights, or combination? Of so it's going to yeah. be the people who own the rights because they're always going to want to emit the money money out of it. And as I say, in the current environment, it's very much uh, well, how do we how do we take it back to Hollywood? Yeah. Um, I don't think it's that popular an idea either, because at the end of the day, what you're saying is that this is a character who is. Judge uh, the execute, you know, judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah, element. So there is, there, there is nothing there to. You know, where's the shades of grey? How do you, you know, and therefore some of the storyline telling breaks down really quickly. Right. And there's, there's one of the reasons I think it, it doesn't necessarily last as long is because there are some pretty poor stories out there. Um, in terms of the actual actual writer. Yeah, I think um, some of them he just becomes a superhero. I think in some of them yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah, and it's it's that whole you need the introspection piece, and the way to get the introspection piece is to focus more on the other characters. Yeah, and turn around and say so. In the twelve issue run, for example, there is one of the 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 taxi driver Mo um, does something wrong. Right, and basically he's, he's he's put on sabbatical for two months. As and he's told that he's to leave New York. <laughs> right. Too, and the, so the next issue, he's not in it. The issue after that, he's back. And he's like, yeah, I was told to go in. Have a think about <laughs> what I had to do. I wonder if that goes back I, to the radio show where people wanted a holiday. You know. Quite possibly. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. You know, and it, but it, again, you're then going, yeah, actually, that's the storyline. You know, the story is what was he doing? How did he, you know, feel about the fact that he was, he was put in that awkward situation? Yeah. Um, rather than it being, oh, yeah, and the shadows turned up and solved everything. So... The reason I think there's never been the 300 issue run of it, if you like, is because they've just not been very good at, at putting together good. You know, if people were putting out good stories, then yeah, people would go buy it. Yeah, you, it could be about anyone, couldn't it? Yeah. If it was a good story, people hopefully would buy it. And it's obviously a very striking and iconic character. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. That, that's the thing I always always find really interesting when I was collecting a lot of the, the sketches at cons yeah. and stuff. 
was the you know you'd go up to to an artist and say oh I've, I've got a theme book or whatever and you know you can see them initially and oh god here's another Batman I've got to draw yeah. and you say the shadow and the number of people's eyes would light up going oh yeah. okay so what's your, what crack at that it's a fun um, one to draw I drew one while I was doodling during a zoom meeting the other day and it is fun and you can just add that well, red to the scarf and it just makes it you know well, as I always say to anybody, if you're getting collecting sketches, you want to be able to describe the character in three bullet points. Right. Because, you know, particularly if it's somebody that, that the artist might not know. And this literally is big hat, big nose, big scar. Yeah. after. <laughs> you know, you're like, all right. Put the three of those things together yeah. and immediately you're going, right, that, that's the show. Not Barbara Streisand's um, scarf. Not that. <laughs> so that's going to be one of my next questions for you, man, is um, being um, a very prolific art collector, as I know you are, who you've collected, you, you have a little thing where you do get artists to draw the shadow for you. Have you got any favourites? Yep. Um, I, I, it's like picking your favourite child. Rather than see what, what favourites I've got. So in what I, what I have, there are some that are framed and up on the wall. Okay. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're all favourites. That's because of some very good ones that are in sketchbooks. And the sort of anally retentive person who would not take something out of a sketchbook just to, to put it up on a wall. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I've got um, a Chris Weston piece that's oh, nice. um, hyper detailed. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's just, and Chris Weston's one of these people who sent, who sent you the rough as well, and you're looking at the rough going, what was wrong with oh, this? Nice. You know? Yeah. Um, so I've got a Chris Weston piece up on the wall. I've got the Mike Kaluta piece yeah. up on the wall. Which is your little um, icon for our chat. Thank you very much. So I yeah. Yeah. Which got the the shadow of the Batman in, in the background. Oh yeah. Um, right. Okay, I get it now. Yeah, yeah. Good. And um, I've also got up a, a Declan Shelby piece and a John Watson painting. Oh wow. Okay. That, that he did, um, which is basically John Watson doing his paperback cover that he would have done if he'd been you know given oh, nice. that. So it, yeah. it's the full blown. Um, oils and uh on on canvas type, type thing yeah. it, it, it's just really really nice um and then uh, side of me at the moment i've also got one by by jake which i really like uh, and just happened to, to to put up on the wall oh, nice. so it's um yeah as i say so i've got a you know i've <clears throat> trying to see if i can do a quick did you get that tim it. truman one i always meant to ask you did you get that one yeah. through you yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have a phone number for him can you just give him a bell and ask him to move that kickstarter <laughs> along if you can <laughs> uh, so the most most recent one though was yeah. um was nick brokenshire oh good um, man love he, nick yeah he yeah. came in um so that, that's that, that came in during lockdown so that was, that was nice in terms of a, another addition there um and i don't have any outstanding at the moment and that sort of side of things and as i say i, I miss the convention scene from just picking up little ones from oh who's there who's, you, got, who's quiet at his table i like all that sort of yeah. thing yeah yeah and it's it's that old thing about all right I mean, gone are the days of some of the free sketches that we used to be able to get. You could actually, yeah, you know, because people say to me, "Oh, how did you get so many?" And I'm looking, I was in the right place at the right time, yeah. and that was it. Still okay because... in Europe? They'll still sketch for free in Europe. In yeah, yeah, yeah if you in the book though, normally that's the problem. But yeah, I know what you mean. Good. Yeah. Thanks, man. So there, we'll see. That was good. That was exactly what we wanted. Okay. Yeah, I thought we'd get a potted history, and I'm glad we did. Although it is an amazing comic, mm. I'm glad we we covered the shadow. I was. Uh, I'm a fan of The Shadow, not quite as much as a couple of other The Pulse, but I'm always, I always pick up his books. I have to say, for me, the Matt Wagner series, um, 
I really liked. Is there any of the dynamite ones that you'd you'd say stood out? Yeah. From there? So the 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 death of Margot Lee. Yeah, really good series that he did. In fact, year one's not that bad. Yeah. That, that he did um, as well. It, it, they're both quite good uh, in terms of it. They're they. I'm not going to pick holes in the really bad ones. Yeah. They, but yeah, no, the, both of them might work. Nine series from from dynamite. I yeah. would, would certainly recommend as well. Good stuff, man. Right, we're going to pause Excellent. there. I've got an advert, and then we're going to going to ask you about what you've been up to. Um, so here, uh, it's a returning um, advertisement from last week. Why waste Twitter rants about how everyone is a fascist because they don't like the last Star Wars movie? Or that one time you decided someone was a sexist because they couldn't knit? All this hot air can be worth it if you sign up for an internet points card. So when you claim someone you barely know has blocked you, then the points can really rack up. An internet points card, absolutely no use in the real world. Please add £4.50 for post and packing. That's this week's advert. Thank you for them sending us the big bucks. <laughs> so over to you, sir. So we're doing. I've I've received. Thank you very much. I got the uh, the penguin, the recent one. Uh, what's it called? Good, good. Uh, Coincidence. That's in front of me. Um, and but you've been drawing um, children's car- um, TV characters of you for a little project, a lockdown project. Um, project just the, the sheer hell of it. Yeah. <laughs> so while. The Penguin continues. Um, I'm already a third of the way through the next book. Good man. Yeah. So, um, pencil that in for, for Kickstarter in January or February. What's going to be? Have we got a name um, on that one yet? Or? Um, I'm thinking it might be Candles. Okay. Right. I need to play around with the idea because it's the 16th book. Oh, okay. And therefore, yeah, yeah, 16 yeah. Candles seems to 16. be a. Oh, well, man. That's good, isn't it? A, a thing. But yeah. Good. It, yeah. Anyway, by the way, so yeah, no, in, in the interim period as well, I've um, been trying to stretch the, the other muscles and, and had the watercolours out and yep. been playing around with, with a lot of that to, to try and do different things. Um, and for one reason or another, I decided to paint a few Muppets. Um, <laughs> and I should literally say Jim Henson's Muppets, not the <laughs> cast of the ACP. Um <laughs> The, um, Everyone loves a Muppet. Band for another year. So yeah, no, I was painted, painted a few of those, but I also moved on to other things as well, as like some Wombles and Morph and <laughs> George and Zippy from from Rainbow, which yeah. will mean nothing to the American listener. No. But um, and yeah, and it's just been really interesting from that perspective, just to try you know different techniques and using a different set of tools that, that you wouldn't otherwise and it, it's opened my eyes again to to some children's classics that have you know just wonderful designs about them um i spent a lot of time looking at, at trumpton and campbellwick green um, <laughs> and chigley which again means nothing to to those outside of the uk who didn't watch lunchtime television yeah, post before it became welsh Do you remember it used to become welsh in the afternoon did you use to get uh, that? Well, no, it didn't. No, we got it in Gaelic. Oh, bloody hell. Of course you did. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Uh, <laughs> no, and, and the most interesting one there is that um, Danger Mouse was renamed Donnie Murdo. <laughs> not not because that means Danger Mouse in Gaelic. It's just because the, the logo was DM. So they had to call him something that was DM. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. So it was Donnie Murdo. I've known a few Murdo's um, in my time. It's a bit of a Scot- Scottish nickname, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, so yeah, no, it's just been a, as I say, it's been an interesting thing, and you know they've been up. I put them up onto the SD shop, and a few of them were sold. Oh, so that's, that's been, nice one. I saw, been great um, from that perspective. Was it Sarah who was at the drink and draw with us the other day? She bought yeah. one, didn't she? I see. Yeah, yeah. she bought uh, bought the Cookie Monster <laughs> that, that, I, that I painted the other day. So that was 
was was nice of her um, to do so. That was quite a raucous night, wasn't it? It was, and you did well to play bingo the following day. <laughs> almost, the, almost got it. All. Yeah, almost. I, I, I didn't know which one you'd missed. I think missed, I missed so Burke. I, was... I think I missed Burke. Out. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The... It should be arguably the easier one to get. In, the yeah, fact I know. That Chegger, I, know. I let everyone down. Was... I feel like I let them down. The um, what else are you reading at the moment, dude? Um, so I read Holly by Stephen Ingram the other day. Oh right, I've, um, I own it. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, I was planning to review really it this nice. week actually. It's um. Really nice, subtle story. Good, actually. Um, He's a nice dude. I like him a lot. He's sensitive. Yeah, clever we guy. hang about quite a bit yeah. around the, the Scottish corn scene. Yeah. Um, and I've, I'm slowly working my way through Injustice, which oh, was okay. the DC series that that ran initially off the back of the video game. Wasn't um, it? Video game. Is it yeah. Tom, which, Tommy Taylor? Is that? It's... Yeah. Yeah. Now, being on the back of the video game, it really shouldn't be my bag. <laughs> right. But it's brilliant. Okay. Now. Some of the, the only thing that lets it down is some of the costume designs, which are obviously connected to the video game, yeah. and therefore they're a bit armory, if that makes sense. Yeah. Too much armor, no, yeah. You know. But the actual storyline, I thoroughly recommend it. Now there's and there's loads of it. It goes on forever. Yeah, I bought them all for my son. He loves it. He says it's great. You should. I should read it. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm probably I, a bit I, like I, you. I'm an old and boring bastard. I sort of poo-pooed it because it was a video game. But I might give it a go now. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to recommend it to you. Say, look, yeah. this is a—it's a basically a Justice League storyline that you—you're going to like. Right. Okay. Um, gets quite dark at points as well for what you know for what you would think it would yeah. be, and um, some interesting twists and turns. So I'm um, about three quarters of the way through that, and as I say, it's—it's it's been, been a real surprise to me. Okay. Um, so now I've what, uh, been in We were going to talk about it last week with Eamon, but we forgot because we were sort of chatting about Calvin and Hobbes. But the. Um, have you read the new Hellblazer that he is writing? No, I have not. Oh my god! Yeah, is it good as well? Not very. No. <laughs> no, they, they no. go to Delano's bar. And they meet somebody called Dylan. All the all the houses look like they're in downtown Brooklyn. You know, it's like oh dear. Yeah. But anyway, I'm not sure if they thought he was English because he's Australian or something. I don't know. So that's how it accidentally <laughs> happened. But yeah, yeah. No, no. I must give that a go. Yeah, definitely. Good. No, yeah. I recommend it. Just put. You have to. Not focus too much on the costumes at times and just go, yeah. right, and understand it's a, a, a tape. Oh, good stuff, yeah. man. Excellent. Excellent. So where can we find you online and all you get all your books and your Penguin stuff? So if you want to find me, just search for Penned Gwyn on any form of social media and you'll find me that way. Um, so yeah, aren't you the both. Shadow? Mm. Aren't you at Shadow something? on? So, uh, yeah, if you want, my, my personal Twitter oh, right. is Shadow 19, at Shadow1972. There you go. We chose But right. again... But if you search Penguin Shadow 1972 comes up. Oh, okay. Does it? Oh, good man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's the way they sell. It's, <laughs> I think, yeah, because I'm Alan Henderson hyphen the Penguin. Right. And therefore it comes up. So, yeah, the easiest way to find me is just search Penguin. Good stuff, man. Um, and then you can choose which, which version you want to find me. Well worth getting. Well worth getting. Good. Thank you. If you want my stuff, you can go to tributepress.bigcartel.com for you're not safe for work. Um, comics needs. We are about to launch Hercules 3. Hercules goes commando. That's any any day now. We're very excited by it. Adam's been making me chuckle with some of the drawings he's been sending me through. Um, other than that, you um, you can find me on Twitter as o s e z o h y z. Um, we'll be back again next week, and I'm sure in about a month, Alan will have chosen another book and be back again. If you think of something, Al. Uh, I've got a couple to, to suggest. Oh, you. we're talking a second. We're talking a second. <laughs> Good, and uh, I'll catch you soon. Cheers, man. Cheers.